Hello and welcome back to a very, very special episode of 414 Room Podcast. Today we have our head of school, Mr. Hark. Mr. Hark, how are you doing today? I'm great, Ben, and thanks. This is a highlight of my week. I'm a huge fan of the 4141. I listen to every episode, and uh, I mean, it's an honor to be here, so yeah. thank you guys. I mean, Mr. Hark, I know we've been talking probably for about, I don't know, we talked last year when we first started the 4141 about getting Mr. Hark on the podcast, and it was always like a priority and something we wanted to do. I mean, I'm super excited that we're getting this done. Absolutely, priority now that it's what y'all are your 36th episode. You finally worked again. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, it's you're a very busy man. It's hard to work <laughs> work around your schedule, but uh, no, we're very excited to have you on. Very excited to have you here now. Um, I mean, today we're just gonna have a little bit of stuff about you know what Green Hill Fall sports are gonna look like uh, with you know obviously they're going to happen and they have been happening. You see what the fans situation would be like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Evergreen this. SU is putting a little bit more effort into the election and uh, the importance of voting and, uh, of course, with our new seniors turning 18. So, turn a little bit of that, but for right now... Roll the intro music! Well, the biggest difference, is, a couple of differences. One is the, the, the fan question, the spectator question. And um, we were working as hard as we could to maintain spectators at the outdoor events. I think we were never planning. We really didn't feel like it was safe to have it, um, spectators for, for volleyball, which is our fall indoor sport. Um, but we were hoping to have spectators for the outdoor sports. But since we've moved to Red now in Dallas County and the other local schools in our sort of smaller league, which we'll talk about in a second, um, they have since decided not to have spectators, so we've we made the unfortunate or hard decision to do the same thing. So we'll, we're live streaming mm-hmm. each of the matches, and uh, we're hopeful that our, our parents and fans will be able to tune in that way, um, but we're not going to be allowed to have spectators on campus. So you talked about like the quick sudden changes, the, yeah. the moving to the red and stuff like that. So how closely does administration work um, with Coach Shine and the athletics department with you know making sure all the schedules up today, making sure the safety protocols are being followed on and off the field? Like how closely do you work with the athletics? We work very closely together, but um, you know part of it is just a, a, a lot of trust that we have um, with the athletic administration. Sure. Um, there's a great team over there, and they're they're you know. When you think about um, the major risk vectors, one of them is athletics, right? Like if you've seen some of the things that happened in other schools, one of the places where COVID has has spiked back up is is on the in athletic contest. And so, you know, the easier thing would have been to say we're just not going to do it. But athletics are a really important part of school life. It's an important part of our student athletes' lives and their families. And so we were committed to making sure that it was going to happen. And I was really grateful that the other local independent schools were also similarly committed to it, right? It wouldn't, as I said, it would be very easy to say, look, just this fall, we're just not going to do this, but we refused to, to go that route. So we've really worked hard to, to put protocols in place that um, are in keeping with the safety protocols we have around the campus, but also that it would allow us to do this in a safe as possible way. Um, so I just, I mean, my hat's off to Coach Shine and his team because they've really you know, as things have changed, they've had to pivot and move and pivot and move um, to continue to, to, to be committed to a fall athletic program, and they've done that. So how close are you 
and I guess the fire department working with those other head of schools, are you guys talking on a weekly basis, or is it kind of really Greenhill believes that it should be done this way, and St. Mark should be, and St. Mark believes it should be done this way? How does that, how does that work? Not to interrupt, but yeah. and also, do you obviously there's worry with playing any school in any time, but do you worry about other schools having cases and not being as safe as Greenhill is? That's an interesting question. Let me let me answer that first, and I'll get I'll get to that second one. Sure. Um, so. Um, we, I've, I've been in touch with the local heads and, and vice versa, I mean, on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. pretty much for the last several months. And so we talk about almost every issue that's related to COVID, athletics being one. And I'd say six weeks or so ago, we started having regular conversations. And, and when I say we, I mean the heads at Hockaday, St. Mark's, and ESD. Um, a, once SPC said, you know, we're going to essentially cancel the SPC season, but the individual schools are allowed to schedule contests. So we, we decided that we would have kind of a Dallas league. And um, I supported that, I thought it was a great idea. I thought we could do it safely. Um, and so we started having those conversations. It would have, you know, because we were moving forward together, we haven't, each one of these schools has not done the same thing about COVID. Um, you know, we're not lockstep. We, we do communicate a lot together, but I think with athletics, we wanted to move forward as one, as a unified group, and so we worked pretty hard to get everybody on the same page about what we were going to do. And that's why, you know, with, with this issue of, of spectators, we could have veered off and done our own thing. We could have said we are going to allow spectators, but that just didn't feel like it was in the spirit of what we were trying to do. You know, the other schools had made that decision. I felt like we needed to be um, to make decisions in keeping with with what the group was doing because that's been the spirit of it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good question about do I worry about other other schools and and how closely they're adhering to um, to COVID precautions. I would say that I have the same worries about our own community, no more or less than um, than what I what I hope and and feel about Green Hill. The concern is is real and it remains the same. You know, when you leave this campus, um, you're free to behave in ways that you wouldn't necessarily behave on campus, and I'm sure y'all have seen. Instagram posts and things like that about people doing stuff that um, we view as risky and, that, and, and behaving in ways that we would not allow on this campus. Um, I think it applies to all the schools too. It's, a, it's one of the biggest challenges that we're dealing with, for sure. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, on a lighter note, but obviously with... Is there a lighter, is there, is there a lighter note? Uh, please, let's talk about the lighter note. Uh, yeah, we can, we can move yeah. away from being worried about other schools and what things are going to look like uh, in these challenging times, but... I mean, what's, uh, I mean, obviously Spirit Week. We talked about this uh, mm-hmm. the, other, the other day uh, when you came into our Evergreen class. Yeah. Um, but what are we expecting to see on campus? Uh, I know we're going to have half the people here, but what are we expecting to see on campus for off-campus learners for that Spirit Week? So let me say one thing about Spirit Week, or I'll say a couple things. But the first thing I want to say is how impressed I've been with Noah and the Student Council and their work to, like, Again, this is another area where it would have been really easy to say just it's easier not to do anything. It's right. it's you know this year we're just not going to try. We'll we'll get it next year. Um, and Noah and the student council said you know we, we think we can forge something really good out of out of the restrictions that 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 we have. And they've done that. I mean we're we're going to have spirit. We're going to have dress up days. There's going to be um, a virtual pep rally. The athletes are going to be in uniform and they'll be out at lower school and preschool opening car doors. Like I think there are elements of, of this. It's not going to be the same, obviously. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, especially the seniors will lament some of the things they don't get to do. And of course, I'm sure that's a long year of 
those kinds of mm-hmm. disappointments, which I get. But I, um, they've worked really hard to, to capture the spirit of the thing, and I'm really proud of that, and, and I hope the students will, will get into it. Um, I, I think it has the potential to be really good. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really promising. I, I really, uh, really, it really is nice to hear that Noah and the student council are really trying to make this thing happen, especially uh, and other things happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I'm particularly excited about, for those that don't know, I don't know if this is a secret yet, but Mr. Hart sent me an email, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Asking if I would call the St. Mark's Regional football game with him. Oh, this is breaking news on the 4141. The 4141 is breaking the story. Right, right? right. first, but um, yeah. Mr. Hart and I will be in the booth. Uh, I think it's November 6th when mm-hmm. um, the Hornets play the Lions. That's and right. Was, was this your idea, or how did this? I mean, it wasn't my idea. I thought it was your idea completely, Davis, but um, <laughs> I, I, whoever idea it was, I thought it was a great idea. So we will be. Um, I mean, I, I think you're going to get a level of depth of coverage. Um, that is sort of heretofore not been seen at Green. Is it fair to say? I mean, I think, I, I, I think people are going to... It's What I worry about is um, that it being too successful, I yeah. think is what I'm afraid of. Yeah, um, we're going we're gonna to see uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance up in the, up yeah. in the booth. Um, but it's definitely going to be different. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously not going to be able to hear it until after because I'm playing. You'll be participating. Thank yes, you for that. Thank yes, you for your of service. course, of course. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see it. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be, Mr. Perryman usually does it, but it's going to be different. It's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. I think you have two very talented people up there. But are we calling it, we're not, are we calling it instead of I don't know, are we, are we calling it when it's like, are we on a, I thought, I was under the impression that we were like doing a broadcast maybe. Yeah, I think we're, I think the, you're still here, the Frito Pie of Mr. Perryman. Ah, the Frito but pie. we will be providing some, another channel of Right. So of for all the people that aren't going to be in attendance, whether that's those two yeah. mm-hmm. um, spectators per athlete, you will hear Mr. Hark and I's wonderful voices giving y'all play-by-play. That's right. I mean, I think I think I like to think of it that maybe we're we're calling maybe the streaming part of it. Right. That, yeah. I think that's yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Um. So to transition, we'll call. We're gonna call you out. We're gonna highlight you multiple times. Oh, I that's that. I was worried about that at first, yes. but now now that's brought to attention, I'm uh, put <laughs> at ease. Um. But to move to our second topic of the show, uh, yes. obviously. Um, our voting and registration questions. Um, so obviously, with a very, very important election coming up, what, is, what does voting mean to you as a head of uh, school? Obviously, not just the high school, but for everybody here. I mean, I, it's, it's essential, right? I mean, it's one of the fundamental rights and responsibilities of each of us as citizens. And I remember um, my first election, I wasn't old enough when I was in high school to vote. I just missed that window by five or six months. So... Um, I, I voted my first election was when I was in college, but um, that feeling of excitement of of participation in something meaningful that's larger than yourself um, and I feel one of the things that's been really cool to to see happening at greenhill it it definitely feels like our seniors are activated right like they I get the sense that this is a very important whichever side or line you, you sort of are on in terms of um, where you come down ideologically in the election, like people, it wouldn't surprise me if, if close to 100% of our eligible senior voters vote. Um, and that's, I think it's good for the rest of the community to see as well, right? Because, um, you know, our, our rate of participation as a country is lower than it, a lot lower than it ought to be. Um, we've tried to do some things to make it easier for, say, our teachers to vote, although on the day of the election, although I will say I, I hope that everybody who's eligible to vote will participate and, and take part in the early voting because it's just logistically going to be a lot easier, I think, than waiting until election day. Um, but I think 
it's important as a symbol for us to say this matters. Our participation as a community in this process matters, and, and we've tried to make that statement in a couple of ways. This is kind of a question I'll scrub, but this kind of popped in our mind. You know, this is a sports podcast, and this summer with the NBA, the Black Lives Matter movement, and the encouraging um, citizens to vote has really been on the front line in the spotlight mm-hmm. of things throughout you know, the pandemic. But what are your thoughts on if students choose to kneel during the national anthem? Ben, I don't know if this has been discussed in the football team at all. I don't think it has. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I mean, I was thinking it has not been brought up yet. Obviously, um, Green Hill is a very diverse place. We have a lot of diversity in our team. So I was wondering the same thing. If students wanted to um, protest or, um, take, or take a knee during uh, national anthems, um, show something like that, would that be allowed um, by administration or by the athletics? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is a, as you, as you pointed out, Bennett, this, it's a very diverse place. People are of lots of different minds about that issue. And um, this is a place where um, students can express themselves. And if that's the way they choose to express themselves and do it respectfully, I, I, I encourage them to, to be able to express themselves. Um, and I, I also think, and this is a sort of a sidebar, um, I'm not sure what it would look like for the school as an entity or me or to, to try and prohibit it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, I guess the only, um, the only way we would preemptively do it is to say, if you try this, you'll be punished in some way. And I cannot imagine the school making a statement like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I want the students to feel to feel like they can express themselves. Um, and if they can do that in a way that's respectful, I'm 100% behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good to hear that we are allowing our students to you know, protest and be themselves and uh, stand up for what they believe in. I, I really do value that. Um, again, we're gonna move very serious point in our podcast that we have not uh, reached yet, but we will, We I appreciate you answering that question. I appreciate sure. you being candid with us. Um, but to move again to a lighter subject, um, Davis and I both know you're a big music um, music guy, yeah. and uh, we wanted to know if you had any favorite songs or artists at the moment that uh, maybe people wouldn't know if they... Uh, okay, so we're not talking about my sort of all-time faves. You can throw in your all-time faves, whatever you want. I mean, I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, and, and when music... Uh, I'm a huge music fan, I am, and um, it's a really important part of my life, and um, love all different kinds, but if there's like a sweet spot for me or, or like the music that sort of calls me back over and over again, it's the, the stuff that when I was your age, we, we referred to as college alternative. So that's like R.E.M. and um, New Order and The Cure and bands from Australia like Hootie Gurus and NXS. Like the, that was the stuff that I, I sort of, when music became really important to me, that's, that, those are the bands I was listening to. And uh, so those are my, those are my, that's my favorite stuff. Um, I'd say a band that I'm listening to these days that I absolutely love, and um, he gets compared a lot to Bob Dylan because he has a sort of a sound. It's sort of a, a folk artist, and I think he's from Sweden or Norway. I'm not sure, but he's, it, his, the name of the band, the name of the artist is The Tallest Man on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I just, everything he puts out, I love. Like, the, it, the guy's unbelievably talented. Um, and then there's another band that I love. It's a, it's a sort of a bluegrass rock band from North Carolina that's really gaining a lot of steam and traction and that's called um, a band called Mandolin Orange and as a matter of fact I was supposed to be at a double bill with those two bands at Red Rocks in Colorado 
This, I've heard that's unreal. This weekend, and it's been a dream of mine to go to Red Rocks all my life, and it's like my two favorite like current bands, and it was gonna, I think it was this Sunday night, and of course it got postponed. Um, and it was one of the last things in the sort of the summer that when things were sort of falling by the wayside of COVID, I was like, oh, we're still gonna go, we're still gonna go. And so hopefully next year I'll get to go. But um, that, those are two that I'm listening to right now that I just absolutely love. So are you listening to music when you're working here in the office, or is, are you listening to more music when you're on a run or at... Mostly when I'm when I run, I, I splurged a little bit ago and, and bought some um, AirPods Pro, and yep. so I'm enjoying. Uh, I really enjoy those. Uh, so where have you been all my life, AirPods Pro? But um, so when I run, I listen to music, and I've got this kind of master mix that I listen to that I, I enjoy. But um, are we? Please tell me we're going to talk about the the run my Atlanta Braves are making in the. Uh, oh, I didn't know you were a Braves fan. Oh, huge, huge. Well, I grew up in Georgia. Okay. And so I'm also, unfortunately, a Falcons fan, and of course they're terrible this year. But um, uh, yeah, huge Braves fan. That was the Braves were like my first team, really. Yeah. Like when I was a little kid. I mean, I I rooted for the Bulldogs, and but but like the Braves were the first team that I loved, and um, so I've better sometimes, mostly worse uh, in my lifetime. Um, I've been a Braves fan. I mean, it must be really exciting. They have a really good young core that they're building around. Yeah. It's really, I mean, they have really exciting players. Like Ronald Acuna is just really Amazing. fun. Amazing. Ozzy Albies. I mean, the yeah. fact that, that Freeman at least deserves to be the National League MVP this year. He's had an unbelievable year. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get to go to any of the games. And it's like, you know, 30 minutes away, which is sort of a bummer. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's fingers crossed, right? Because the Braves have found lots of ways to lose these types of series over the years, but um, we'll see. Yeah, right, we've got one more question for you. Um, you know, Sage Dining has been amazing, getting all those pre-packaged yeah. meals for us and lunches. And, and we see it on your desk right there. Love this, right I, the, our, our friends in Sage, I mean, they just, they, they, they did an incredible job. They've been spectacular. So our yeah. question for you has been, what has been your favorite go-to meal or your favorite meal during this um, hybrid COVID lunch? So interesting. So I, during the hybrid COVID lunch, like I, I do, I have to admit, I, I perk up with the Swedish meatballs. Like, I don't know what it is. But like, yeah, those so are you, are you a hotline guy or a cold food guy? Most of the time, I'm a, these are probing questions. You guys go right to the source. Yeah. I, I'm most of the time a hotline guy, although at my age, I need to be a salad guy, but um, usually it's the hotline stuff. If, if I'm, if we're back in session and it's, you know, normal times in the fully operating dining hall, I'm a soup a sage soup fanatic like yeah i never do not eat the soup that sage puts out there yeah, yeah. but I, I love our food i every time i walk in our dining hall and i it's interesting because i was um the school where i was before did not have a dining hall so everybody brought lunch and we had other ways of getting food but um and it was the only school i've ever worked that didn't have a dining hall and i really missed it and so when i got here i mean this great dining hall with an unbelievable um team of sage and the food they put out is just like it's so good like every time i go in there i'm just like this is a gift yeah so um, I'm missing that, and I'm missing the communal aspect of it too. Like just going to the dining hall and seeing everybody and being able to sit down with folks. Um, that part I think is a big loss for us, but hopefully next year we'll be back to it. For sure. All right. Well, Bennett, Mr. Hart, it's been awesome. If you guys have any questions, you can reach us on the Four One Four One podcast on Twitter. If you want to bring Mr. Hart some Swedish meatballs, I yeah, right. Super appreciative of that.